Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, Anointed with authority. And uh, I said we kind of hit pause on uh, Sunday. And then, of course, uh, Prophet Ford was with us Sunday night unexpectedly but nonetheless it was it was uh, ordained by God and it was it was tremendous amen but uh, I made a statement Sunday morning and uh, this is kind of where we paused at and it's this that authority begins where there's absolute obedience to God authority begins where there's absolute obedience to God And uh, we're setting the stage because I I don't know how long it'll be before we can really get off this because there's there's so much uh, to look at where uh, authority is concerned because everything that we're talking about with authority, and I made the statement that the enemy's not so concerned necessarily about us preaching and teaching the word as he is about us submitting to the authority of God, all right? Uh, we'll, we'll get into some of this tonight, but when you, when you look at uh, 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 the enemy's workings throughout the Word of God, it's all about getting people to rebel against God's authority. And if he can get people to rebel against God's authority and get into disobedience, all right, then what he does is he not only gets them into sin, he robs them of their authority. He ro- the enemy hates mankind for two reasons. Number one, we're created in the likeness and the image of God. All right, think think about the devil being the prideful entity that he is. He's all about himself, all right? But yet, he is created to serve mankind. And so his mentality is not to serve, it's to usurp. So he hates us because we're created in the likeness and the image of God. He hates mankind, secondly, because mankind was invested with the authority of God himself. Now, the sinner cannot operate in it, obviously, but that's why he fights the church. That's why he dislikes the church. He's not trying to stop you from going to heaven. He's trying to stop you from operating in your authority in the earth because it's in the earth where you make a problem for him. You know, when you go to heaven, he doesn't have access. Hallelujah. So there are no devil problems in heaven. Amen. the, 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 The confrontation is with him on the earth. And so that is his his desire is to get people to not submit to the word. Amen. And but authority begins where there's absolute obedience to God. Uh, Adam operated in the authority given to him by God as long as he was obedient to what God asked him. As long as he was obedient to what God asked him. We don't know how long he was obedient to what God asked him, but we do know that all it took was one act of disobedience. Amen. Authority was given to man to be exercised in the earth. 
And, and, that, and that's why, you know, authority is earthward. When, when, when Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said, uh, uh, I've given to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth, whatever you bind on earth, I, I got to bind it with my authority on the earth. And then it's forbidden in heaven. Well, forbidden in what, in what arena? Forbidden to operate in my life. Forbidden to operate in my, in, in my realm of authority. Whatever I loose on earth. Uh, authority not only binds, authority looses. Author, authority not only, not only repels, authority attracts. The authority that you possess as a believer will attract to you everything God promised you. Because you are, it's needed because you're the one in authority. You need to be healthy. You need to be blessed. You need to be prosperous. Amen. And when you, when you use words of authority and you're declaring, I'm the healed of the Lord, I'm a cancer-free zone, I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed coming out, not only, it's not just positive words, it's words of authority. Remember Matthew 8? Uh, uh, tells the story of the centurion. Luke also tells it. And when Luke told the story, he said that the centurion told Jesus, I also am a man set under authority. So I know how delegated authority works. And I've talked about this numerous times. But he said, I tell one to go and he goes. I tell one to do this and he does it. I tell another to do this and he does it. Amen. And, 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 and the Greek says that they're constantly doing what I tell them to do. Hallelujah. Now, now, why is that important? Because in authority, it's not just words. It's not just something. It's not just a God trick. When you say money comes to me, when you say I'm blessed going in and coming out, you are exercising your authority to produce in the earth what is already yours. All the resources in the earth were at Adam's disposal because he needed them and he was the one in the authority. Amen. The Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, I didn't put the gold, the silver, and the money in the earth for the devil's crowd. I put it in the earth for my people. And he said, they're not accessing it. Hallelujah. And that's when he told him that you don't pray about finances anymore. He said, you decide on the amount you need, you bind the devil and his forces, and you loose the ministering spirits to go get it. Now, people will hear that and they'll go, can it really work that way? You've got to understand authority. You've got to understand the authority that God gave mankind in the beginning when they were perfect, when they were created in the image of God. All mankind is created in the likeness and the image of God. But sin has distorted the image. Sin has robbed mankind of their right to operate in authority. Oh, hallelujah. Whew. And that authority was given to be exercised in the earth. Amen. You know, when you, when you study through, through the Word, you find that that man was given authority in different arenas. Uh, he, he was given the authority of words. He was given the authority of the seed. We still operate in, the, in those arenas. Amen. But he was given authority on the earth. Uh, he, then he was given authority with God. See, when you understand authority, you understand how the throne of grace works. 
Because the Bible says that you can come boldly to the throne of grace and find help when you need it. Well, you know, boldly denotes something. When, when I understand my authority, it's, it's not that I'm going in and I'm, I'm, I'm telling God what to do. There's an authority that, that accompanies my ability to stand at the throne of grace. I have authority with God. God listens to me when I pray. And it's not because He feels sorry for me. It's because I am one of His children that have authority on the earth and I'm authorized to use the name of Jesus and have the Father answer my prayer. I'm authorized. I have the authority to do that. Amen. And the enemy wants to get people into disobedience so he can get them into guilt and he can get them into shame and he can get them into condemnation and then they won't approach God boldly because replicating what Adam did and they're hiding from God instead of running to God in the authority that they have. So he had authority on the earth. He had authority with God. And then thirdly, he had authority over all God had created. He had authority over all that God had created. Notice in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Whoo, glory. I've already preached myself happy. I preached myself happy this morning about five. <laughs> Amen. But praise God. Amen. Notice it says verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. Now, now, that word dominion, it means to dominate, it means to rule, or to subjugate. All right? So we could say bring into subjection. To dominate, to rule, to subjugate. That's important. All right? Let them have dominion. Let them have rule. Notice, over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the airs, the air, the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Now, now, now notice that, right in between all of those different entities, he says, over all the earth. Man was given rule over all the earth. To, to do what? To dominate it, to subjugate it, to bring it into subjection. Then it says, so God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So we see that man was created to be in authority. Man was created to be in authority. He was created that way. Adam was God's representative on the earth. And he was clothed with dominion and authority. Adam was the visible head of the earth. Hallelujah. He was the visible head of the earth. We know that God came to the earth and, and talked with Adam and walked in the cool of the, of the, of the evening. We know, that, we know at least he did that one time. It's, it's evident from Scripture that he probably did it numerous times. But here's the thing. He, he came to fellowship with the man that he had placed in authority. Adam is the, the visible head of the earth at this point. Hallelujah. Verse 26, notice, is the Father speaking to the other members of the Godhead. And He says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Now, I've heard people say, 
you know, man's a tripart being. God is, you know, the Godhead is three parts. I don't disagree with that. But I, I think there's something more there. Because he says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. All right? Man was created as God's representative of the earth. One meaning of the word image is a representative figure. A representative figure. So when people, well I say people, when, when other entities saw Adam in the earth, they saw the representative figure of God. Not, ju not just because he looked like him, but in authority. You understand? In authority. This is the representative figure of God. I used the illustration last week that uh, uh, any, any, any law enforcement, when, when you're dealing with a, a city police officer, well, you're, you're dealing with the authority of the office of the mayor because that, that's who they represent. When you deal with a state police officer, all right, you're dealing with the state of Arkansas. They, are the, they represent the state. Hallelujah. And man was the representative figure. And he was given authority to operate as God's representative on the earth. And as God's representative, man was given authority on earth with God and over everything that God created. Over everything that God created. And the authority man was given was God's authority. I, I find it so interesting that God created and gave authority. He created the earth and then put man in authority over it. Amen. Now notice this. <laughs> Everything God created was created for a specific purpose. According to what we see in Scripture, man was created to govern God's creation. According to what we see in Scripture. You know, Adam never looked at Eve and went, ugh. And that's, that's what people want you to believe. But, that, that, you know, that never happened. They, 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 they were never some primeval cave people. Amen. Because they were created to govern. To govern. The, the, the reason why it's so, the reason why it's so uh, backwards for the curse to dominate believers is we were created to govern it. You were created to be in charge. And, and the animal kingdom recognizes that more than most believers do. You know, in most cases, any animal will get away from you as a human being if they have an option. Most, in most cases. Because it's in their DNA to be governed by you. That's why James said, every type of beast in the earth has been tamed by man. Amen. Why? Because we have the authority. You know, dogs don't train dogs. 
Men train dogs. Hallelujah. Because you have authority. Isn't it interesting that if you have a dog, it knows its name. Who gave it its name? You gave it its name. And it responds to the name you gave it. Now that seems elementary and simple. That's, that's evidence of your authority. That's evidence of your governing ability. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, hmm. Genesis 2, verse 19. I'm, I'm just really laying a foundation here. We're going to the next level. Genesis 2, 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air, every beast of the field. But for uh, Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. Now notice, these verses are evidence of man's original authority. God created the animals and brought them to Adam. Why didn't God name them? Why didn't God call them what he wanted them called? Because God was not the one in authority on the earth. Adam was the one in, Adam was going to have daily interaction with those animals and he needed to be able to have authority over them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Adam was not merely a higher animal life form. The Hebrew Bible states, whatever the man called them was their name. Whatever the man called them was their name. Notice it doesn't say what God called them. Do you know God has called you certain things, but it doesn't matter until you start calling yourself that? God has called you the healed of the Lord, but that doesn't matter until you start calling yourself that. Why? Because you're the one in authority. God's word only has authority in your life when you, the one in authority, gives it authority. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the, the Bible says a lot about us being blessed. God wants you blessed. He's called you blessed. But until I call myself blessed, it doesn't matter. And, that, and that's the answer to people who say, well, if God wants somebody healed, why don't He just heal them? Why don't He just bless them? Why don't He just do this? Why does God allow things to happen in the earth? Because people that are supposed to be in authority allow it to happen in the earth. God, God from the very beginning, will not usurp authority. He, when, when, and we're going to look at this in just a moment. When, when, when the devil deceived Eve and Adam by choice fell into the transgression, God knew that was happening. He had already prepared for it. He knew it was going to happen eons before it happened. And something that he knew was going to happen that was a choice of his man in authority, he didn't step in and stop because God will not usurp your authority to have what you say you want. Amen. This is so important. Uh, uh, Brother Leonard made the statement 
uh, uh, Sunday night, and I've used this illustration before of the man that at one time worked for Brother Hagin, and they called him and, and said, you know, he's in the hospital, he's in ICU, and he went to pray for him, and the Lord said, uh, no, he said, uh, don't pray. He said, there have been events set in motion that cannot be changed at this time. Well, that man had said since he was 10 years old, I won't, I won't live to see 40. And he didn't. Now, now people will say, but Brother Hagin was there. He could have prayed for him. He could have healed him. He couldn't override what the man said he wanted. And people say, well, did he really want that? That's, that's irrelevant. The forces in the earth and your spirit don't know if you really want what you're saying. They just know you're saying it. Hallelujah. Did, do you see that? You know, when, when, when I grew up in West Texas, uh, bless its holy name, and, and, and we had a lot of colloquialisms. And one of the favorite ones you'd hear a lot, you'd say, hey, how you doing today? Well, day late and a dollar short. Ha, ha, ha. That's what people would say. And then they wondered why they were always a day late and a dollar short. Nothing good ever happens to me. I never can catch a break. The sale's always over by the time I get to the store. See, that's, that, that's, not just, that's not just semantics. That's not just, you know, talking about not getting a good parking place. Why do you never get a good parking place? Because you're always saying you never get one. Well, parking places don't matter. Then why are you complaining about never getting a good one? If, if you want, hey, do you see that? Hallelujah. And people, people get what they say, but they get what they say because they've been given the authority of words. No other being on the earth, no, 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 none of the animals have the authority of words. None of them. None of them were created with speech because they were not created to govern. Words were given to man originally as a conveyance of authority, not conversation. You can use words to converse, and we need to converse, but that's, the, that's a lower form of use. The main use for my words is to convey authority, to call things that be not as though they are, to call the end from the beginning, to speak to the mountain and cause the mountain to move, to effect change in my life with the power of my words. Oh, hallelujah. And so God said, Adam, I want to see, I want to bring the animals to you. You're in charge. I want you to call them. What you want to call them. Amen. Hallelujah. And then notice verse 15 of chapter 2. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Now notice. Adam, the man with authority, was placed in the garden as God's authority. And he had the authority to work the garden and guard the garden. That, that was his main job. Keep the garden. Guard the garden. 
Amen. That, that's important. Notice he didn't come and, and, and charge the lion with guarding the garden. Now that's, I, I understand that's elementary, but he gave them the, the entity with authority the charge to keep the garden. Now, there's a parallel there with the church. Because, because Jesus said, according uh, uh, that it was the church's job to exercise the authority of God in the earth and that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Is that right? It's, it's, it's up to us. Pastor Caldwell made a statement one night. He was ministering here on a Sunday night. And he said, he said, the Lord will hold the church accountable for America. And, and, and you know, the wrong preacher preaching that could really beat people up. But why is he saying that? The church has the authority. The church has so much authority that the Antichrist cannot even be revealed until we're gone. The mark of the beast can't even come till we're gone. I know there's people saying it's already here, but it's not here. But here, here's why. The authority we possess. It's not just the church is here. It's the authority that we possess. It's the ability that we have to make change, to cause things to operate the way they should. And this authority, notice, was contingent on Adam's obedience. Verse 16, he said, the Lord commanded the man. Now, notice what it says. He commanded him. He commanded him. And, and notice what he said. Of every tree of the garden you may eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day you eat thereof you shall surely die. In dying you will die. You'll die spiritually. So notice... This, this is important because Adam, notice he could have eaten of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he could have remained in authority. Right? Adam's authority was directly tied to his obedience. His authority was directly tied to him being under God's authority. Coming under God's authority was staying away from that tree. Not eating of that tree. That, 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 was God's, that was God's commandment to the one in authority. Hallelujah. So it was directly tied to his obedience. In uh, Genesis 3 and 1, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now there's a lot of speculation. Why did he... Why did he approach the woman? Why didn't he approach Adam? And I've heard people say, well, because he knew Adam was the one in authority and Adam was the man. Well, yeah, but the man didn't even put up a fight. So I submit to you that couldn't have been the reason. Hallelujah. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it. Eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, you know, we preach that she added to the word of God, and I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, we don't hear everything that happened. I don't know. 
But here, here's the point. What we do see is that he's got her thinking about disobeying God. The enemy will always try to get you to start thinking about disobeying God first. Because that's how he moves you down that path. Remember, every thought contrary to what God said about you or to you is moving you farther away from what God wants you to have and closer to what the enemy wants you to have. Every one of them. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. The serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. God knows in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be open, you'll be as God's. Knowing good and evil. Well, they, they were already God's representative on the earth. We read that earlier. God's representative image. Hallelujah. How much more like God can you get? And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and ate and gave to her husband, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. And they saw they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Hallelujah. From this point on, everything Adam had authority over began to rebel. Now people will say, well, you know, we talked about uh, why he approached the woman. Well, if you look at what the Lord said, in verse 17, and unto Adam he, the Lord said, because you hearkened to the voice of your wife. Hmm. Isn't it interesting? He didn't say because you listened to the devil. I'll hear ministers say, well, you know, Adam listened to the devil. It's not what God said. Adam, the, God said he listened to his wife. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to your wife. <laughs> okay. What, what, what it means is that the enemy knew who to approach that would have influence on Adam. But nonetheless, notice, he disobeyed and everything that he had authority on started rebelling. When, when you read on to the, towards the end of this chapter, it says you're going to plow, you're going to till the earth, but it's not going to bring forth for you. It's going to bring forth thorns and thistles. Everything that he had authority over started rebelling. And if you notice there, God called out to Adam. The, verse 9, the Lord called unto Adam and said, where are you? God called out to Adam. Why did he call out to him? God, Adam was the man God gave authority to. He's looking for the man in authority. Hallelujah. Now, in Galatians 4. Now, what I'm trying to simply get you to see is notice where the authority was lost in one act of disobedience. One act of disobedience. Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law. 
made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus was born of God, but he was made of woman. Now that's important because that's how he was all God and all man. God was his father, but he was made of woman. Born of God, he was the issue of God, but he was made of woman. Hallelujah. I, I, I think that is such a, it's, it's what theologians call one of the three unfathomables in the word of God, the virgin birth, how that, that, that God could impregnate Mary and his son be born in the flesh. And not just clothed in flesh, but born flesh. Whew. When I get to heaven, I have some questions. Amen. But of God, born of God, born sinless. And it says he was made of a woman, all God and all man. Now, now this is important because, because it's an oversimplification to say that man lost authority, so man had to get it back. Not only did man have to get it back, man lost authority through disobedience. And man had to get authority back through perfect obedience. So it wasn't just doing what Adam couldn't do. Adam could have obeyed. We don't know why, why he didn't. The Bible doesn't tell us. It tells us that Eve was deceived, but it tells us Adam was willful in his transgression. Hallelujah. So man had to get it back through obedience. It had to be a perfect obedience. Glory to God. And that, that's why Jesus had to be a man, not clothed in flesh. When you hear someone say, oh, he clothed himself in flesh, that minimizes what he did. Because there's instances in the Old Testament that God clothed himself in flesh. We call it an epiphany. And he came and appeared to Abraham and appeared to other men in the Bible. But he was not flesh. He was in the image of flesh, but he was not flesh. The Bible says that Jesus became a man. At, at, when, when he rose from the dead and he came into the, to the room where the disciples were and he came through the door and he told Thomas, he said, handle me. Told the disciples, handle me, because a spirit does not have flesh and bone. I'm a man. I'm a glorified man. I'm a resurrected man, but I'm a man. Jesus was born a man. For, 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 for what purpose? Yes, to save us, but to get something back. It, it, would, it would have, if this could have happened, and it couldn't have happened this way, but understand... If God could, would have saved you and not restored you to authority, you would have been saved under the authority and the rule of the devil. That's why he had to get Adam and Eve out of the garden before they partook of the tree of, the knowledge, of, the tree of life after partaking of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil because they would have lived forever under the rule and the authority of the devil and the curse. And that's why the Bible says that when you were born again, you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. 
Right? I switched kingdoms. I came into the kingdom where I have authority. Oh, glory. See, the, the thing about our authority in the kingdom is the devil has no authority in the kingdom. But the kingdom authority that we possess involves the earth. If the kingdom is in the earth, wherever we go, the authority of the kingdom follows. And we're expanding the kingdom. And the enemy has no authority in the kingdom. That's why he fights in the world. He can't fight in the kingdom. He's got to fight in the world. He has no authority in the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. And so, John chapter 5. And so my point in what I was saying was it minimizes just to say that, that, that Jesus, you know, took on him uh, a form. Or he didn't just take on a form. I know the Bible says he took, a, it, the Bible actually says he took on himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto uh, uh, death, even the death of the cross. Amen. But, but the form, he didn't just look like a man. He was all man. He was 100% man. 100% obedient man. Notice in John 5 and verse 26, it says, For as the Father has life in Himself, He's given the Son to have life in Himself, and has given Him authority to execute judgment also because He is the Son of Man. Jesus was given authority because He was the Son of Man. The Weiss Bible says, And authority He gave Him to be executing judgment because He's the Son of Man. He's the son of man, mankind. He was Mary's son, mankind. Notice, because he's the son of man, because he's a son of man. There's nothing in the Bible for no reason. And Jesus was called the son of man more than anything else. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's trying to get something across to us. He was a man operating in authority. That's why the, the, that's the importance of having a man in the Godhead. That's why we can approach the throne of grace boldly in our authority as men and women because a man in authority is at the right hand of the Father. You know, Jesus has not abdicated His authority. He has extended His authority to His people. That authority, is, that authority comes from the right hand of the Father. The right hand was always the place, the place of authority, the, the station of authority. That authority Jesus gave to us when He departed earth and, and went to the right hand of the Father. And, and that's where it came from. Now, because He's a Son of Man, the requirement to be given authority was to be a man who was spiritually alive. You can't give authority to a spiritually dead man. Hallelujah. That's why when Adam died spiritually, he lost his authority. See, and, and, and that's the travesty of spiritually alive people not operating their authority. Not exercising it. Amen. Now, hallelujah. When man died spiritually, authority was lost. Notice Hebrews 10 and 7. I'm just expanding on this point that uh, authority begins where there's absolute obedience to God. Amen. 
and uh, Hebrews 10 and 7. Notice he's uh, 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 quoting the Psalms. The writer of Hebrew quotes the Psalms. And notice he says, Then said I, that's Jesus, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me, notice, to do your will, O God. I'm come. Notice, uh, the, in the volume of the book, it's written of me is in, in parentheses. It's a parenthetical statement. So if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't read that, which I'm not saying you shouldn't, that you should not read it, but if you read it without the parentheses, then said I, lo, I come to do your will, O God. That was his purpose for coming into the earth, was to do the will of the Father, to be in perfect obedience to the Father. And people say, well, that was to die for our sins. It was, but it was also to defeat the enemy in the wilderness. It was to live a perfect, spotless, sinless life, subjected under God's authority. Amen. So that that authority could be, when the Bible says, that he gave, he took the keys of death and hell and the grave. What are those keys of? Authority. We have authority over death. We have authority over hell. We have authority over the grave. The, the grave holds no sting for us. Death holds no sting. Paul got so excited about it, he started shouting. He said, grave, where is your victory? And death, where is your sting? We've triumphed over it. Amen. Hallelujah. Has no victory. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because we're spiritually alive. In, in essence, we'll never die. But he can't, he, the devil will get, it will get to the place. He can't even keep your body in the ground. Because there's such an absolute victory over death. Because all authority was given to Jesus. And he said, in light of that, you go. And you exercise that authority. You teach. You preach. You lay hands on the sick. Cast out devils. Amen. The commission of the church is not just to go win souls. It's to exercise authority. Amen. Hallelujah. John 8. John chapter 8. And verse 28. Jesus says, John records these wonderful statements. So notice that his purpose was to come to do the will of the Father. You know, you, you need to settle that kind of thing in your life on a regular basis. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm here to do your will. Whatever you ask me is what I want to do. Amen. Yeah, that keeps you safe. John chapter 8. And uh, verse 28. Make sure I'm in the right place. Then said Jesus unto them, When you've lifted up the Son of Man, you'll know that I am He, and I do nothing of myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He that sent me is with me. The Father's not left me alone. Why? For I do always those things that please Him. Is this the master talking? I say, is this the master? This is Jesus. Does Jesus lie? Then the master who doesn't lie, can't lie, said, I always do those things that please the Father. Hallelujah. 
I always do those things that please the Father. See, it's not, it's not just wanting to be obedient so I don't lose authority. It's understanding I want to do what pleases God. That's got to be the motivation, is to please God, not just to exercise authority. I've seen people in the corporate world and even in the church world that they wanted a position to have authority, but, but they didn't want to be servants, they didn't want to help, they didn't want to love, they didn't want to submit. Well, if you've just got somebody that, that wants authority, then, then you're going to have a problem. There's got to be somebody that wants, that wants to submit to what's going on. Jesus came into the earth and exercised authority. He showed the authority that he possessed the night before his crucifixion when they had over 600 armed guards that came to take him. And he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am. And all of them fell backwards like dead men. 600 on the ground. And then what was the statement he made? Nobody takes my life. I lay it down. What was he saying? This is the will of the Father is that I lay my life down. And I'm showing you that I'm in total authority. I'm not a helpless victim here. I'm doing this because I want to do it. You can't take my life. Amen. See, the, the enemy needs to know that. Hallelujah. That, that was the authority that he possessed. But he said, I want to do what pleases you. I'm, I'm not here to make a name for myself. You, you realize all the times that Jesus would make statements? He would do a wonderful miracle. He raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. Raised her from the dead. Everybody out there that was weeping and, and, and lamenting, they knew she was dead. The whole house knew she was dead. Jesus raises her from the dead and then says, see that nobody knows it. The girl's not going to go to school. She's, I, mean, I mean, you understand what I mean. She may not have went to school, but she's not going to go to the market. She's, everybody's going to know Jesus. It was, it was the level of authority that Jesus exercised in that room. He said some things that he didn't want anybody to know that he had said. He wasn't hiding them. People wouldn't have understood him. He was speaking to her as the God of the universe. He was saying, little girl under that, under that shawl, this is God speaking. You get up. And he said, see that nobody knows it. He healed blind men, two of them, and said, see that nobody knows it. How's that going to work? Go home to honey, and you were blind for 10 years, and now you can see. Oh, honey, your hair is so pretty. Well, how do you know? Well, I can see. Oh, but nobody knows it. No, it wasn't about the miracles for Jesus. It wasn't about drawing attention to Himself. It was doing the will of the Father. Every miracle, every healing, every, every sign and wonder was just bringing glory to God. It was just doing what God wanted Him to do. And that's what made Him so powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when you look at men over the years that have done great things for God, Brother Hagin, different ones, 
There, there was all, with many of them, there was always a, a, a caution from God. The Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, always stay away from the glory and the gold. He said, because with the healing anointing on your life, he said, there are families that have sick children that would pay insurmountable amounts of money to get you to heal their child. And he said, stay away from it. Not that, don't, not, don't be prosperous, but, but stay, don't take the glory and don't, and don't mess with the gold. Amen. Why? Because it's, 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 it's about the, the authority that I have has been given to me by God. Amen. And it's about doing it because God gave me the authority and ultimately affecting His purpose in the earth. Glory to God. Uh, 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 John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Whew. We got two more after this. Notice what Jesus said in verse 30. John 5, 30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father that sent me. I don't seek my own will. The level of authority that you operate in is directly tied to how much you're seeking to be obedient to what the Father sent you to do or asked you to do. That's important. Because notice Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself. But he said, I'm just because I don't seek my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Now, when people hear that, they think, yeah, but what if the will of God is something I don't like? It won't be. It's God's will. It's the, the book of Romans says it's uh, 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 that uh, perfect and acceptable will of God. Right? Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You'll find that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. Because, because where is that part of people that makes the will of God seem less than good, acceptable, and perfect? It's when there's a rebellion against what God wants. And, and then it's that, that, that natural thing that causes the will of God to look, to look inferior. When, when your desire is to do what God wants you to do and to do the will of God, it looks superior to everything else. Amen. If you'd have told me uh, uh, 10 years ago that I'd love Little Rock, Arkansas like I do, I'd have said, you was a fool. <laughs> That's why a, a, a man that raised me up in the Lord, he's, he'd say that. He'd be talking to somebody and he'd say, you was a fool. And so anyway, that, amen. But, but when you know it's the will of God, the love for it shows up. And when you submit to the will of God. Amen. And, and, and God, ha oh Lord, God has to have you in His will to exercise authority where you're at. In, in John 6, John 6 and 38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Now, the Bible calls Jesus the uh, last Adam. 
the last Adam. Because nobody has to do it again. But, but, but why? Because he perfectly pleased the Father. He was perfectly obedient to everything the Father asked him to do. Hallelujah. Notice this. He operated in such a high level of authority because of his complete submission to the will of the Father. In Romans 5, this will be our last verse. In Romans 5. See, this, this, this speaks so much. If, if I get this part down, then the exercising of the authority is natural. But this is where I got to fight the flesh, is to be obedient to the will of God, to submit myself to the will of God. All right? To be submissive to the will. And, that, and that's why the enemy is, is, is his middle name's rebellion. And that's, and that's why he's always getting people to rebel against the will of God. It's not just rebelling against authority and rebelling against leaders. It's rebelling against the will of God. This is what God wants. And, but then there's this rebellion against it. I remember one time Dr. Summerall told a story. And a, a, a man and wife were meeting with him. And the husband uh, was just... Uh, was just overwrought and he said I know God wants us to go and he named a a foreign country and he said I know God wants us to go and and you know I know and he was crying and I know God wants us to go and oh the wife just was livid now I'm not going we're not going I'm not giving up my refrigerator and my stove and my appliances and my nice house I'm not doing that to go to go to some foreign country and live in a shack Well, you know, they didn't go, and just a few short years later, they're not even in the ministry, not doing anything for God. Well, that, that seems like an extreme example, but I've, I've, I, I've watched people miss out on the will of God because of mileage. Because they thought to drive to the church God wanted them to go to was a little too far. And, but yet God would tell them, God told him, I'll tell you the story. I was going, a young man, I was meeting with him, and, and I was praying on the way there. And I said, Lord, you know, this young man wants to be a son in the Lord and, and wants me to speak into his life, but what do I need to tell him? Because, you know, I mean, I, I need to know here. He graduated our Bible college, and I need to know. And so I'm on the way over, and the Lord told me. He said, you tell him that the perfect will of God for his life and ministry is to be at your church helping you do what I've called you to do. Well, you know, I'm not just going to come up with that on my own. And so we're sitting there eating. He goes, but pastor, is God saying anything to you about me? And I said, well, okay, yeah. And I told him. And he just looked at me and said, well, that'd be an awful long way to drive. That was it. That ended the conversation. You know, I've watched him bounce in and out of things, bounce in and out of ministry, bounce in and out of, of different endeavors. I mean, marriage up and down and up and down and, and in and out and kids, right? And people will say, yeah, but you know, he still loves the Lord. Yes, he does love the Lord, but he could have been a part of something solid and something making a difference for over 15 years now. And he traded that for just bouncing in and out, up and down, one day in, one day out. 
You understand? It, it doesn't have anything to do with me as much as it does with the will of God. If that's what you want, that's what I'll do. Because the authority goes with the obedience. You, you don't, you understand? Now, Romans 5. Romans 5 and uh, verse 19. This, this is such a powerful scripture in, in this light. Notice, by one, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Notice what the Bible says enabled you to be righteous. It could have said any number of things. It could have said the blood of Jesus. It could have said the sacrifice. It said the obedience of Jesus. Now, the obedience covered all those things. The sacrifice, the death, the burial, the resurrection. But it started with obedience. It started before eternity ever was with Jesus saying, I'll obey and I'll go. And for, and for all those eons, he never wavered. Never wavered. Even, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's, when he's facing the, 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 the death and the destruction on the cross, his prayer was, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Watch. Nevertheless, not my will. But your will. And you know, people kind of hear that and they kind of take a religious connotation to that. Look at the obedience. In other words, he's pouring out his heart to the Father. This is hard for me. Right? I'm, I'm shrinking back from going to the cross. And if there's another way, I'll take it. But Lord, not my will, your will. And he had to do that three times. Three times. Matthew says he did it three times. Prayed that way three different times. And, and notice what happened at the end of that obedience. The angels came and ministered to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? If I'll just obey, I can walk in that flow of authority. Ever, ever what it is. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we? Praise God. I believe, uh, I believe your help tonight.